Welcome to Live Prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Wednesday evening. Pray it's been a wonderful day for you. So good to be back together once again. If you're new to the program, you're watching Live Prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday from 11 to midnight, Eastern Daylight Time, Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be daylight pretty soon again. They keep switching on me. (laughs) And wherever you're watching me tonight throughout this great land of ours, from sea to shining sea, and from border to border. Thank you for tuning in. Friends and other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online. Web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. So it's good to be back together again after a quick 23-hour turn. Um... Not a lot of news today, but what there is, is important. So uh, looking forward to another good program tonight. And uh, as we're winding our way down to Christmas, uh, we will be here, uh, regular scheduled time, 11 o'clock on Thursday and Friday. Monday, I'm not sure about yet. Depends on a travel schedule I'm working on. I will know Friday for sure and let you know. Uh, But if there is no program on Christmas night, Monday night, we'll be back Tuesday. So, uh, again, I'll keep you up to speed on that. Probably Friday, I'll have a better idea. But four things I actually do for me each night on the program. First, pray for me in the program. Thank you for doing that. means more than you know. Second, encourage people you know to sign up for the free live prayer daily devotional. comes in their email every morning, free like everything at live prayer. Just go to my homepage, upper right-hand corner, click on the sign-up link couple pieces of basic information, they'll be all ready to go. Third, of course, is the TV program. Again, share the program with people. And lastly, if this ministry has been a blessing to you as we wind down the final days of 2023, please pray about a special year-end gift to live prayer. Uh, We're here literally 24-7, 365 by faith. Go to my website. No advertising revenues. We don't do it. Never have, never will. Uh, don't sell books, don't do conferences, don't do cruises, don't do tours. We're ministry here. We spend all of our waking moments ministering to all the people from all over the globe that God sends our way each and every day. And uh, from day one, 30 years ago, uh, this became a walk of faith. And we just trusted God, not in the wiles of men, not in cleverness of man to you know, get people hyped up and even not tell people the truth. Listen, if somebody's telling you to send them a thousand dollars and your kids are going to be saved, that's a lie. Okay. I don't know how any other way to say it. That's a lie. It's not biblical, but, um, you know, that's for other people in God to sort out. We've walked by faith every month, trusting in God to move on the hearts of friends like you to support us. And we're still here because the work we do is solid. It's uh, upfront, 
no games and uh, just ask you before these years out, pray about a special gift of life prayer. Again, up right hand corner of my homepage is a donation link. Click on it. Gives you our address in St. Petersburg, Florida. If you want to put a check in the mail, anything postmarked by 1231 will be counted towards your 2023 giving for tax purposes since all gifts to live prayer 100% tax deductible. Also, that link is a credit card, a link to our credit card portal if that's more convenient. Again, any gifts that are sent in before midnight uh, Eastern time on 1231 will get counted towards 1231 giving, okay? All right, let's have a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity once again to gather together in your name. People of like mind looking to understand the issues of the day. Thank you for my friends who join me. I pray for them. Pray for their families. Pray for uh, your richest blessings upon their homes during this Christmas season. Thank you for today and the blessings that we've enjoyed throughout this day. And now, Lord, as we commit this hour to you, we just ask that you have your way with us. Open our hearts and minds. Speak to us, O Lord. We praise you and thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, this is interesting. Because when you get a major corporate media outlet leaking something that is not positive for the administration, that does not happen by accident, okay? That is not an accident. A report came out of the NBC News last night that in that meeting that Biden had with Chairman G in San Francisco when they went in there and kicked out all the homeless people and cleaned the streets up and made it look like a, a legitimate city again for a couple days, other than the fact that the streets were lined with Chinese flags. That meeting was what, a couple weeks ago in San Francisco, right? Well, during that meeting, face-to-face, According to this report from NBC News, Chairman Xi looked at Biden in the eyes and he said, we will unify Taiwan and it's none of your business. And what they, what, 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 what he's talking about is what I've been telling you. I'm shocked if it doesn't happen before next November because now is the greatest opportunity for Xi to take Taiwan since we know that's one of his goals. And uh, unifying China means China ruling over Taiwan, just like they did Hong Kong. Hong Kong was its own separate entity when it was under, uh, when it was under the lease to the Brits, right? But once that lease ran out, China took it over crushed any dissidents, and it's Hong Kong, for all intents and purposes, it's no different than being in Shanghai right now. It's run by the Communist Party. That's exactly what they seek to do to Taiwan, and Xi looked Biden in the eye. Now, why haven't we heard about this before? Well, obviously, this isn't something that the Biden administration wanted out. Somebody wanted it out, though. But here's the sickest part. I mean, forget, forget all that. Here's the sick part. All Biden can do is get on his hands and knees and say, yes, master, whatever you say, master, because the Chinese own Joe Biden and his family. See, all the media wants to keep talking about, well, there's no proof Joe did anything, blah, 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 and and, and they just can't, they think it's all political. No, this is not political. 
This is national security. And I pointed out to you for nearly three years now how every major issue that had to be adjudicated in the administration, every major issue with China since Biden took over, every decision has been pro-China, anti-America. Everyone, that's reality. Those are facts. And the way in the way these these countries like China and Russia uh, set foreigners up and have video and audio of everything, I can only imagine the hours of audio and video that they have on Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, maybe. Biden's brother. We not only aren't in any way, shape, or form prepared to help Taiwan when China decides to move, but we will get crushed in the process. We don't have we don't have the manpower, we don't have the mentality, we don't have the Basic functioning uh, military mechanism to fight a war right now anywhere. We can move some troops around. We can move some ships around. If you think the Chinese haven't war-gamed this out a thousand times, only God knows how many of our American sailors will end up you know, at the bottom of the Chinese Sea. So, while Putin is taking his prize, which is basically the eastern provinces of Ukraine, while Israel's trying once and for all rid that area of Hamas, I told you last night we're in the process of ending up in a war with the Houthi rebels out of Yemen, and now we're going to be facing at some point, again, not a matter of if, only when, and it's got to be within the next 11 months, she's going to move on Taiwan. There's not a darn thing we can do about it. Now, let me get some, let me get some Trump stuff out of the way real quick because I want to talk to you about a civil war. If you've been with the program for a while, it was probably back in 2019 I first started talking to you about a modern-day civil war. Unlike the mid-1800s, the civil war is ideological. But that may be changing, so just hang on tight, okay? I'm just trying to set the stage for that. By the way, Trump gave a big rally last night in Waterloo, uh, Iowa. And for the first time in his speech, his rally speech, stump speech, whatever you want to call it. He spent a good chunk of time on the fact that Christians are under attack in this country. He's aware Christians are under attack in this country, and he is fully prepared to end that day one if he's back in the White House. But this goes right along with what I've been trying to tell you. The government's not just been weaponized against the 80, 90 million people that support Trump. But they have been 
more narrowly focused and weaponized on Christians. Initially, primarily, it's been the pro-life folks, and for whatever reason, it's been traditional Catholics. I mean, for some reason, maybe they've been reading too many of these stupid uh, uh, books about the Holy Grail and everything, but for some reason, they think some of the traditional Latin mass churches are somehow some sort of a uh, an extremist movement. And we found out last night's program that, not surprisingly, Chris Ray has been grossly underestimating and downplaying the extent to which the FBI has been involved in surveilling Catholics. But Trump, for the first time, specifically identified the... Uh, attack that Christians are under. And again, don't forget don't, don't forget why. It's to intimidate people into not supporting Trump. And their thought pattern is if they can stop 5% of the evangelicals from voting for Trump by intimidating factors, that may be enough to swing the election. Nikki, uh, Neon Nikki's gone full globalist, by the way. She's now basically parroting Democratic talking points. She said the nation can't afford another Trump presidency. Really? I I would contend that the nation can't afford not to have another Trump presidency because he's the only person that's uniquely qualified and has the experience and understanding of D.C. to go in and do, do what needs to be done. Listen, all this is divine providence. You know, as furtherance of his judgment in this country, God allowed that election to be sold in 2020, but also sets up a very interesting situation in 2024 of having a former president running again, possibly getting back in at a time of great crisis in the, in the, in, in, in the country. And that's exactly where we're at. By the way, don't even think for a second that Trump is going to put Nikki on as VP. Not only wouldn't he do it anyway, but there are a lot of people out there that are big time Trump people that have told him, you know, love you, but that woman is evil. And I don't, I, I can't support you if you're going to put her on as VP. Now he's going to do what he does, but i based on how he views loyalty and how disloyal neocon Nikki is, and now she's, you know, attacking him like a Democrat, which is fine. You know, it's a big boys game. But any thought of her being VP, just forget about it. And I got to tell you something. This is going to be, Tucker doesn't want it. Now, this could be one of those, no, 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 no. Okay. Could be one of those. Could be one of those if Trump really... I, and I got to tell you something else. I see the dynamic uh, synergy that could exist between Trump and Tucker. I do. I get it. But I got to tell you, I've never seen Tucker as someone that Trump would really tap into. I just haven't. You know, Tucker is, you know, a star in his own right. He's got his own, you know, little world. It's obviously not as big as Trump's, but so I. But, but but where's that leave? Carrie Lake, she's running for Senate in Arizona. I don't see him picking her. 
Christy Nome, I got to tell you something. I know there's a lot of people that are getting on the Christy Nome bandwagon for VP. She may fall in line and be a great VP, okay? But you got to understand something about Christy Nome. When she was in the, she was a congresswoman before she was governor of South Dakota. As congresswoman, she was kind of like the John Thune, the senator for South Dakota, kind of took her under his wing and, and shepherded her through. John Thune is basically Mitch McConnell's number two guy. He is a he is a Trump hater, though he's smart enough not to say it in those words. But he is an all-in globalist, John Thune. Nikki, or uh, uh, not Nikki, but uh, Noam, Christy Noam. After she was in Congress, she then became governor. The, the Republican Governors Association. Do you know who used to be the president of the Republican Governors Association? Oh, that'd be Chris Christie, okay? The Republicans Governors Association is run by globalists. The, 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 the people that give the money for the Republican government. These are, these are your uh, Wall Street guys, okay? Uh, your hedge fund guys. These are the billionaire Republicans that are basically nothing but globalists at the end of the day. So she's beholding to that crowd, okay? She's beholding to that crowd to begin with. So all I'm saying is, She's got a lot of connections that aren't real good. Now, she's been totally on board with Trump's agenda when he was president for four years. She has said nothing but the right things. I just, I just, she, she could, she could, she could be another Pence at the end of the day. But we'll see. We'll see. And I've heard Byron Donalds. I've heard some other people. So we'll see. All right. El Salvador. The president of El Salvador. Listen to this. This is what a joke we've turned into. I mean, we're being lectured on the, on the world stage by people like Putin. By other dictators. By men who run countries that have nothing to do with democracy. Right? The president of El Salvador last night after the announcement of the Colorado Supreme Court taking Trump off the ballot, I think, he, he made a he, very simple statement. He said the United States can never lecture anyone ever again on democracy. They have zero moral authority to talk to any other country about democracy. And he's 100% right. He's 100% right. I mean, how bad is it? Four, three, three years ago, other countries feared us. Other countries respected us. Whether they liked Trump or not, they at least respected his uh, governance of putting this country first. One of the first presidents done that in a long time. I mean, you go back to Reagan to find even the closest example, right? Now we're just a joke. I mean, less than three years, Biden's turned us into a joke. Or Obama has, to be honest. Now, let me talk to you about this Colorado Supreme Court ruling, okay? 
Here's something that you've got to understand. I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing till last night at the program. Here's the one thing that jumped out to me right away. About a 100-page ruling. The thing that jumped out to me is, near the end, they stayed their own order until January 4th. And what that means is, even though they've ruled that Trump needs to be taken off the ballot, they put a hold on that ruling until January 4th. That is the time in which Donald Trump has got to make a decision to uh, appeal this to the Supreme Court. Now, it, it gets better. If the Supreme Court, if the Supreme, while the Supreme Court's involved, that stay, that freeze, is in place, meaning Trump will still be on the ballot. The only way Trump's coming off the ballot because he is appealing it. That's that's a given, okay? The only way Trump's coming off the ballot is if the Supreme Court rules in favor of the Colorado Supreme Court. Or the Supreme Court just doesn't take the case. What have I always told you? They only take about 2% of the cases. Now, just today, you got California trying to piggyback off this thing. Michigan, which initially said, we're not taking him off. That's been appealed, and now they're looking at this Colorado ruling to try to bolster their appeal. The point being is the Supreme Court has got to take this or there's going to be utter chaos throughout the country, okay? Um, so that means that Trump, Trump tonight is still on the Colorado ballot. As long as he appeals to the Supreme Court by the 4th of January, he's, he's going to remain on the ballot. Nothing's going to happen to him. And he's going to do that. And then until the Supreme Court either rejects the case or accepts the case, he remains on the ballot. Now, if they reject the case, it's over. They're going to take him off the ballot. And holy Hades is going to break out in this country. I'm telling you right now. I personally after reading that garbage of an opinion. And, and don't, here's another thing, too. It was a 4-3 decision. The three that voted not to do this, they had a dissenting opinion, and they ripped the other four from one side to the other. Now, that may just be good cop, bad cop, performative stuff. I don't know. But the fact is, it's garbage. It was a garbage ruling. I don't think the Supreme Court has got to get, like, they don't like to get involved in these these uh, electoral issues. But see, you got two problems with this ruling. Number one, Trump's never been charged with insurrection, let alone convicted of insurrection. Okay? Never been charged, let alone convicted. But then there's another issue at play. It's called due process. They came to the conclusion, Colorado that he was guilty of insurrection without an actual trial for Trump to defend himself from this charge. It's a total violation of his due process rights. My gut, and again, talked to a couple of lawyers today, emailed back and forth with a few of my friends that are really up on this stuff, and the consensus seems to be that the Supreme Court will take it. They have no choice. They will rule quickly just to get it out of their hair. 
and they will rule pretty much that what Colorado did is unconstitutional because it violated Trump's uh, uh, due process rights. Okay, that would be a quick, easy, clean way for the Supreme Court to get this thing, get rid of this, and without taking a real political stand on the issue. You know what I mean? Because once they rule that the Colorado thing's garbage, you know what's going to happen. The media, the Democrats, you know, they're going to be jumping up and down. Ah, yes, see, that's that conservative Supreme Court. They all need to be fired. We need That's what you're going to get. But by, but by shooting it down on due process, that's a pretty performative uh, constitutional issue. And they did violate his due process rights. It's going to be hard for Democrats and, you know, the Trump haters to really scream too loud if that's how they knock this down. But they've got to. Like I said, California started looking at this now. You've got 13 other states where it's, now you've got two or three states that have looked at it and shot it down. But you've got 13 other states where it's in some process of the courts. The Supreme Court makes a ruling, boom, it's done, it's over. That issue's off the table. And remember our word for the year, projection? Claiming somebody else is doing what you're doing? How many times have we heard Biden, the Democrats, the corporate media, scream up and down how Trump is just going to destroy democracy? You want to destroy democracy? How about having a bunch of unelected bureaucrats, political hacks and robes, take the ability for seven, eight million people to vote for the person they want to vote for? And if you're going to let that fester around the country where each state gets to decide who's a, what if what, what if Florida says, okay, that's good. Is that, is that the game we're playing? Okay, Biden, you're off. Alabama, Biden, you're off. I just find it rich that all this whining about, oh, Trump's going to destroy democracy, and yet they pull this deal. Now, let me go back to a subject that, again, I raised with you back in 2019, and I've mentioned it from time to time, and that's this modern-day civil war we're in. And again, the original civil war was north and south. It was, you know... North, the people in the North shooting their guns at the people in the South. 600 people, 600,000 people died during this war, right? And it's a war. And I told you that the modern day civil war we're involved in today is really one of ideology, okay? And it really isn't red state and blue state. Again, we got to get away from these paradigms of Republican and Democrat, red state, blue state. No, this is globalist, dominated states versus nationalist, dominated, dominated states. Right? And that's what we've got going on right now. You know, on issues like climate change, abortion, uh, parents' rights. I mean, you, you know, electric cars. I mean, you just go down the list. I mean, there. I mean, there is a real ideological divide between half the country. 
half the country is pretty much adopted and supports the globalist agenda, while the other half of this country, 25-some nationalist uh, states, are pushing a, a traditional family values, church, quit sexualizing the kids, you know, you know, let's take care of our home front first before we go running off around the world. You know, uh, uh, again, it's a globalist agenda versus a nationalist agenda. And that's a true ideological civil war that this country has been in now for several years. It really, I think, was in earnest in 2019 as the globalist movement was looking to seize power which they ultimately did by stealing the 2020 election. All right. Um, and, the way, and, and the way this is being portrayed, again, ideologically, is you got the MAGA, the big bad Catholics, along with the evangelicals, versus the Patriots fighting for democracy. That's that's who MSNBC wants you to think they are. Patriots fighting for democracy. Yet they're cheering because they took the name of the Republican frontrunner and most likely the next president of the United States took his name off of a va- ballot by a couple unelected political hacks and rogues. <laughs> Give me a break. And don't forget... The reason they had to preserve that January 6th narrative, and it's only holding by a thread right now, folks. It's only a matter of time before that whole thing, that whole pot of just stink water just comes bubbling over. And I pray Trump is in office to to make that happen faster and to hold people accountable so it doesn't happen anymore. How many nights have I sat here and told you the fact that nobody's held accountable for the for, for criminal actions during the Russia uh, collusion scam that's open that opened the door for uh, the Whitmer uh, Fed napping scam it opened the door for January 6th it opened the door for impeachments but they're holding on to that January 6th nerve because that's the that's the only thing that gives them the ability to call Trump an insurrectionist, Hitler, you know, talk about how MAGA wants a, wants a, uh, a dictator to lead them. And Catholics and evangelicals are bad. So that's the way the media and the Democrats are portraying this. Basically, the greatest threat to our homeland, which is what we've been told pretty much from day one of the Biden presidency, versus true, true, Patriots fighting for democracy. <laughs> Meaning the same Democrats that have been trying to put Trump in jail has gone on, has weaponized the United States justice system over half the country, surveilling people of faith. Yeah, yeah, those are those are real patriots fighting for democracy. Kim Jong-un would be proud of what they've been doing. Now, let me just make this statement to you. While I have been very careful to talk to you about, ever since I introduced this whole concept to you back in 19, 
how we are in a real, literal, real civil war, though ideological. You know, half the states holding to a globalist agenda, half the states holding to a nationalist agenda. If for whatever reason the Supreme Court doesn't do what they must do on this Colorado thing, and and I hate to say this, but I'm not so sure that the government would be sad if we literally got into a shooting war between different ideologies. Now, there is a movie coming out very soon. I didn't look to see when it's come out. You can look it up. The movie, the name of the movie is Civil War. And it is about a literal shooting war, modern day, between states. Florida and Alabama and Mississippi and Texas and kind of joined together. They'll be going against, I don't know, Maryland or somebody. California will be going against, I don't know, Oklahoma, Nebraska. I mean, I mean, a literal north and south type of an actual violent shooting war. That's what this movie is about. As I sit here tonight, I don't see that happening. If I had to put a number on it, I'd probably say 10%, maybe, which is a lot higher. I wish I could say 1%. But the anger that is out there, because people are waking up now. People know that they can sit there and tell you till you till they're blue in the face how 2020 was the most free and fair and, and, and great election in the history of the country. People aren't stupid. They know it was stolen. There's too much information out there. Why do you think they why do you think they've been trying to censor the social media sites and everything? So people didn't really know what was going on. People know 2020 was stolen. People know Biden and his family are reprehensible, reprobate criminals. Okay? People aren't stupid. People also know that, and and more and more people are coming to this understanding every day, that January 6th was a total setup. What, are people just supposed to sit back and say, oh, well, Oh, well, people are angry out there. But don't forget, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Okay? We're not going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy of these these American-hating sad people. Let me just put it that way, sad people that are pushing all of this division. What does Biden think when he stands out in front of a, of a hellscape with soldiers behind him talking about mag extremism? 
have got to be, you know, taken care of and they're the greatest danger. What does he think that does? So, if you get a chance, and, and again, this new movie, Civil War, I don't know how good of a quality it is or whatever. I just know it's about a current, like now, movie of states actually getting into a shooting war with each other. And again, I'm not so sure this this uh, rogue government wouldn't love to see that. That's how sick they are. But again, we can pray that that doesn't happen. I think that should be a prayer of yours tonight. We've got to stand strong and trust in God. I will say that. I will say this. If if things de-escalated to that point, okay? If they're deteriorated, if things deteriorated to that point, God's done with this country. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling you. I mean, if, if we end up down that road, this country's done. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, i I got to be honest with you. And you do, and, and, and these people are playing games. Their their hatred of Trump has so blinded them. I mean, you don't need to be a lawyer to look at four indictments, try to take his business from him, uh, everything else. You don't have to be a lawyer to understand. This is, I mean, there's no way in this world that this is right. And if he was guilty of anything, do you know, he has had the federal government investigating every nook and cranny of his life since the day he was born. Has he always done everything perfectly? Of course not. But has he committed criminal acts? If he had, he would have been charged with real crimes that they could prove. Everything they've charted with now is just it's garbage. They know they can't prove it. Listen, do you know what do you know what their own goal is? The reason I kept trying to help you understand about these trial dates. Because they don't care about the trial. The, the, they don't care if 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 they win a conviction and then it gets overturned two years down the road. By that time Trump's done. Probably in his grave, who knows? That's all they want. They want to damage him. All they want is a conviction before the election so they can say he's a convicted felon. That's what this is all about. Nothing else. Nothing else. And give Trump credit. He was 100% right. This is nothing but election interference. That's all it is. That's all it is. So pray about this, okay, folks? Because again, if God allows that to happen in this country, we're done. Let me tell you something about John Fetterman, okay? I don't think John Fetterman had any business being a senator from Pennsylvania. We couldn't even put two sentences together. Understand he has stroke and all that. But John Fetterman, and, and, and I haven't said anything because I thought these were kind of outliers, but in the last 
month. He's talked about how we have to secure a border. He's talked about how we don't need to be given any more money to Ukraine. And as I shared with you the other day, the iconic U.S. steel company, U.S. steel, got bought out by a Japanese steel company. And of course, U.S. steel is based in Pennsylvania, Betterman's of Pennsylvania center, so it makes sense for him to comment. And he just ripped U.S. steel, ripped the government for allowing this to happen, for one of our great iconic companies that is so important to uh, the national security of this country? Think about it. You get in war, what do you need? You need lots of steel, right? And U.S. Steel did a yeoman's job back during World War II. But, you know, the Bible says give honor to his honor to... I've got to be fair. Fetterman sound more like... He sounds... He has sounded more like an America first MAGA guy than probably 80-90% of the Republicans out there. I'm not saying he's 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 a Republican or anything like that, but on some of these key issues, he's been on the money. Nashville police arrested three uh, adults from a Muslim family for beating and cutting with a knife their young son who converted to Christianity. Nashville. Not Cairo, Egypt. Not Islamabad. Not Tehran. Nashville. And I can just tell you, you know, because all these years, live prayer, we've had a lot of, you know, Muslims come to Christ. And I'll never forget one girl in particular. She got saved on the TV show way back in 2004, I think. And we were on Tampa that time. University of South Florida uh, is in Tampa. And they've got a pretty, you know, they've got a pretty healthy uh, number of foreign students there. And this one Muslim girl from Pakistan was watching the program and got saved. And I know our people emailed with her for probably six months afterwards because she could never go home again. She was here going to school on a student visa, but she could never go home again because she, she, if I go back to my country, my family will kill me. And that's what they do. And as a matter of fact, in Muslim countries, you know, it's, it's part of the honor-killing nonsense. If you've got a family member that converts to Christianity from Islam, uh, you are not only expected to kill them, but you must. It has been sad to see the number of Catholics who have come out in support of Pope Francis rebelling against God, sticking his middle finger in the face of God, by saying it's okay to bless same-sex couples. You do not have to be a theologian, my friend, or hold any theological degrees to read the Bible and come to a very clear understanding. God does not, will not, never will 
bless Sid. Doesn't work that way. And just because he's the Pope, he doesn't get it. He he doesn't have the ability to basically call God a liar because that's what he's doing. Call God a liar. Oh, your president got a good nap in yesterday. Yesterday was the uh, the state funeral for uh, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman Supreme Court justice appointed by Reagan. And they had her big home going at the National Cathedral. Joe Biden was there. And from all the looks of things, Joe got about a good five, six minute nap in dur- during the service. Then today he's somewhere, I can't remember where he was, gave some economic speech. True to form, he was finished, couldn't find his way off the stage. Listen to this, listen to this. New York State is trying to force a is trying to force Chick-fil-A to open up on Sundays. Now, Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, Real man of God. His son who runs it now, Dan Cathy, he is a compromised human being. God will judge his soul. That's not my job. All I can do is judge his words and deeds. And he has been over backwards to uh, play footsies with the LGBTQ community. He has uh, just, there's a whole litany of things that people watch this program for a while may remember that uh, Dan Cathy uh, has done to basically soil the name of Chick-fil-A. But the one thing that he hasn't messed up yet, yet he's continued to close on the true Cathy, uh, a man of God, said Sunday's a day of rest and we won't be open on Sunday. Now, for a retail outlet... I mean, you're looking to bank money seven days a week, cutting one day off. But God's blessed. God has blessed the faith of the Kathy family. God has honored their faith to close on Sundays. I believe that. Uh, every year, Chick-fil-A is one of the most popular fast food restaurants, if not the most popular. But New York now is telling that they must be open on Sundays. That's going to be interesting. Because now you get a religious, but this is going to be a good test too. I want to see if I want to see if Dan Cathy fights this like he should. They can't make you open up on Sunday. They can't make you open on Tuesday. Then you got Kamala. She's getting ready to go on a multi-state tour, pushing one agenda item. I'm sure people watch this program don't. Need to be told what that agenda item. Yep, abortion. Putting all their marbles in the abortion basket again. Oh, listen to this. And this is no small thing. This isn't as innocuous as it may sound when I tell you. The Washington Post, up on their masthead every day, for the last, what, almost two years now since the Ukraine war started, They actually had a tab on their masthead with that day's reporting on the Ukraine war. Um, It's gone. It's gone. 
does that mean they're not going to report on the Ukraine war anymore? No, I, no, I don't believe it says that. But the fact that it's no longer on their masthead after nearly two years, I find that very interesting. Israel's working on a new truce deal to get 40 hostages. There's still somewhere in the neighborhood, I think, of 120 to 130 hostages. I told you two weeks ago, when the last truce exchange for hostage, I told you when that ended last time, I said, and, and I pray to God I'm wrong. I pray in the name of Jesus I am 100% wrong on this. But I told you at that time, I don't believe that you will see another hostage. I believe they're all dead. It's too much of, I mean, they got to feed them. They got, they got to go to the bathroom. They got to move them around. It's easier to just put a bullet in their head. And then blame Israel. Let's say Israel killed them for, uh, in one of their air raids or something. Dump their bodies in an air raid pit or something. Say, oh, see, you, you guys killed them. That's how it's going to go. Again, I pray to God I'm wrong. But at this point in time, what are we, October, November? I mean, we're we're going on 90 days since they were taken hostage and they're still alive? No. Again, hope I'm wrong. Brandon Johnson, that great mayor of Chicago. Boy, I got to tell you guys something. (laughs) I thought, look, I thought Ram Ram Emanuel, I thought he was as bad as it gets. Then you had Lightfoot come in. And she was certainly worse than Rom. And this clown Johnson, he's whining about the illegals. Last I checked, Chicago's a sanctuary city. What are you whining about? And he's slamming Governor Abbott for sending illegals up there. Texas has got, still sitting with probably four or five million. Chicago, a big city, has got 10,000 in your whining. It's like Mayor Adams over in New York whining about 10 or 12,000. Oh, well. And you're yelling at the wrong guy. Joe Biden is in charge of immigration policy, not Governor Abbott. Johnson is as incompetent as it comes. They removed that Confederate Unity Monument from Arlington Cemetery today. Um, that was a real battle for a couple weeks. Of course, they wanted it removed because anything to do with the Confederacy, got to get rid of it. Try to change the name of all the bases, anything with a Confederate name to a base or something. Don't forget what I told you this is about. The monuments, the statues you know, historic writings, things like that. The globalists want all that stuff gone. They want it wiped clean. They don't want any, you know, relics from the past. All right? That's what this, it had nothing to do with the Civil War. All right. I'm going to give you the answer to a question we've been asking for quite a while. Last night I introduced you to a woman named Mary McCord, a thoroughly evil woman 
on the same par as Lisa Monaco, the number two at the DOJ that actually runs the DOJ, not Merrick Garland. Lisa Monaco, again, she goes back into the Clinton days, big in the Obama days. She's been running the weaponized DOJ for Obama since Biden took office, okay? Of course, you've got that Victoria Nuland, that evil, nasty woman in the State Department that's uh, running Ukraine policy. She's the reason you've got all these dead people in Ukraine and Russia today. Okay. Again, thoroughly evil. I introduced you to Mary McCord last night. Mary McCord was the number two at the DOJ in the National Security Division in 2016 when the whole Rush, Rush, Trump-Russia thing was going on. She also was the overseeing liaison between the Mueller team, okay? She is a Trump hater like you cannot imagine. And she was heavily involved in all the Trump-Russia stuff. She then left the DOJ, and she was involved as legal counsel for the Democrats in both of Trump's impeachments, okay? I mean, you want to talk about a woman with a vendetta, Oh, but it doesn't end there. She was also the point person in getting rid of General Flynn. Don't forget they had to get rid of General Flynn because General Flynn knew all of Obama's skeletons. And then when the January 6th committee was constituted illegally by Nancy Pelosi, the chief legal counsel for the committee became, guess who? Yep, Mary McCord. You see how these evil people never go away? By the way, Jack Smith's team of persecutors, I mean, he's got about 20 of them. I mean, Trump's, Trump's got some money. And he's got some good lawyers. Jack Smith's got 20 lawyers, 30 investigators, the full assets of the FBI at his beck and call. All of the Mueller people that were on Mueller's team, except Andrew Weissman, are now working for Jack Smith. You see how this works? Now, don't forget last night, I introduced you also to Mary McCord's husband. Like all these DC couples, they never use the same last name. That way, unless you're kind of tuned in, you would never know that this person's married to that person. Like, did you know that that nasty uh, uh, Stroke, or Stroke and Page, Peter Stroke's wife, she is one of the lead attorneys at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Anyway, Mary McCord's husband, different last name, Sheldon Snook, and I shared with you that he was the administrative assistant to the chief legal counsel for Chief Justice John Roberts. I was looking over my notes from last night as I was kind of getting tonight's program ready. And I was thinking to myself, that's the guy who leaked the, the Roe versus Wade ruling. It was Sheldon Snookers. He would have access to that as the administrative assistant to the chief legal counsel for Chief Justice John Roberts. Sheldon Stook would have had access to that ruling as it was being prepared. 
And as much as Mary McCord, his wife, hates Trump, hates the Supreme Court because of the three justices he put on, because they've always been definitely afraid of the Supreme Court. The reason I've been I've been trying to walk you through this lately, the reason they're going after Thomas and these other uh, uh, conservative justices is because they know the one body that's still left in the country that they don't control that could save the really save our democracy and kill all this uh, lawfare that they're throwing at Trump is the Supreme Court. So they're not fans of the Supreme Court. And you know how much they love abortion? Abortion is their sacrament for evil women like Mary McCord, Victoria Newland, these type of nasty women, Lisa Monaco, Susan Rice. Abortion is their sacrament. And the fact that they were going to overturn Roe versus Wade, they leaked it. Because don't forget, after they leaked it, people went crazy. And that was to put pressure on the justices to change their mind. And if you think this may be just a wild guess in the dark, Sheldon Snook doesn't work at the Supreme Court anymore. He's not working anywhere right now. But guess when he left the Supreme Court? Oh, that would be one week after the Supreme Court leak hit the, hit the media. One week. Sheldon's gone. You don't need to be Inspector Clouseau. Before we get out of here tonight, I'll run a little late. Before we get out of here tonight, if you've never made a decision for Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity right now. Boy, especially this Christmas season, what a time to make a commitment to Christ if you've never done that. But if you're watching me tonight, you'd like to know Jesus tonight as your Savior, pray with me. Dear Lord, I come to you this night, ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And tonight, I surrender my life to you. Now and forevermore, my life is yours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. My friend, if you prayed, the Bible says you're saved, not because of a few words, because of your faith in God's grace. I have a book I'll send you, won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, be 